0: All right. Well, we're excited that they went. They were a blessing to our Battle Creek Hope Church. And they uh, did a lot of work around there. It's a smaller congregation, but I know and heard that Pastor Will said what a blessing our youth were to them. And so thank you, youth. Where are, where are our teens who went on the trip? Would you just stand for a second that we can say thank you for representing Christ? Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes, yes. Um, What a great, great job they did! Well, today is our Team Croatia report, and so they're going to go ahead and and uh, get the chairs where they need to be and move some stuff around on the platform. But I need the rest of us to take your Bible and open to the Gospel of Mark, chapter ten. This is all going to fit together. It's been three weeks. I got to preach just a little bit, okay? Uh, as we uh, as we get in here, and this is going to kind of tie into. What you will hear from our group say. And so, Mark chapter 10, open your Bibles however you do that, whether it's electronic, on an app, or whether it's in the seat back in front of you, you can grab that and turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 10. At the end of that Gospel, at the end of that chapter, I'm sorry, there's a story of a miraculous healing. And then I'm going to ask, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Gospel Mark chapter 10, and we're going to begin at verse 46. This is Jesus and his disciples. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him to me. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Here's an important part. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Everybody say, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Here ends the Gospel reading. This is the Word of God for the people of God. And our response is, Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Whenever we read these miracle stories, whenever you read a miracle story, I want you to have this ring out in the back of your head. I have said this to you on numerous occasions, that the miracle stories of Jesus are not meant to impress you, But they are meant to instruct you. I want you to, I want you to hear that again. The miracle stories of Jesus are not meant to impress you. They are meant to instruct you. Now, of course, if a blind person here in our service received their sight, I think we would all be impressed. Is that true? But when Jesus healed people, it was always to bring attention to something that He was trying to demonstrate about the kingdom. Something He was trying to show about the kingdom. He was trying to use it as a teaching moment to get that, that impression moment into something that really grabs attention to what's going on. So, whenever you see a miracle story, you may want to look back and see what was going on right before the miracle story. Because nine times out of ten, Jesus is going to be pointing back to what has just happened, what he was just trying to teach. So if we were to look right before this particular miracle story of blind Bartimaeus, we would see that James and John are looking for power positions. They want to sit at Jesus' right hand and left hand when He comes in power. They're thinking He's going to overthrow the Romans. He's going to be the new leader of the world. He's going to put us on top. And we're better to be than right on the right and left hand uh, with Jesus? And Jesus tells them and shows them. He wants to reorient their quest for power because His kingdom is going to be different than every other kingdom that has come before it and different from every kingdom that comes after it that is built by human hands. And so He shows them in Mark chapter 10, verses 42 and 45. So just go back just a little bit, and I want to read this to you. We see the request for power, and Jesus wants to reorient that. He wants to tweak it for them when they're looking for power. He says to them, Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. The next words you need to underline, you need to circle, you need to highlight, you need to memorize. Because Jesus tells them after that, it is not so with you all. It is not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, that's Jesus' title for Himself, did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. And to give His life as a ransom for many. By this, Jesus shows them that their quest for power is actually blindness in the kingdom. To search for power, to lord it over someone else, has nothing to do with Jesus' kingdom. That's just a blind scramble in a, try, in a quest for security. And His kingdom is going to be entirely different. Power in the kingdom that Jesus brings is used for service. And it is the only power in the kingdom of God. I thought I would hear an amen there. The power used for service of others is the only power in the kingdom of God. That is what we're called to. That's what we're called to be. And so, then Jesus, it makes this so important. Here's this blind man who is on a quest and he just wants to see. Jesus heals a blind man who will stop at nothing to say, Rabbi, I want to see. And I think all of us think, oh, well, if I was blind, I'd want to see. But you've got to think about this. This means he can no longer sit and just beg for money for someone else. This means at whatever age he was, he was going to have to go back and get training and learn to get a job to do something to provide for himself now because he was healed. There was going to be a lot of serving. There was going to be a lot of work that's going to go into this miracle healing. And yet, he will stop at nothing. When people tell him to stop, that's not the way we go. That's not what we do. Uh, He calls out even louder. And Jesus hears him and asks him, what do you want? And he says, with all of that, I want to see. Now, are we, I think it's interesting that he, he says, Rabbi, I want to see. Rabbi means teacher, which means Jesus is going to teach him. How to see. And this has been our kind of thing throughout our entire missions trip, hasn't it? That we want Jesus to show us how to see, who to see, so that we might be a part of serving them in the power that is the power of the kingdom. To serve others. And so, we want to show a slideshow to you of some of the things that, that are happening while we are doing our interview. I want you to know that we went to Croatia for 10 days. Some of that was getting culturally acclimated. A uh, fun story of, uh, we had to go down, we had a scavenger hunt, but we had to speak the language to people in the city and try and get help, get them to help us where we're going. My first attempt, I asked directions to the statue with the guy on the horse. She graciously just pointed down the street. And then I told her, you're welcome instead of thank you. Uh, so she uh, chuckled and laughed and, uh, and just waved and went on. But we had a lot of fun finding our way around Zagreb. Then uh, later the work began. And we were at Porim, which is a uh, Red Cross facility for refugees from the Middle East, from Syria, from Egypt, from Iran. And uh, we were there to teach English. That would help them as they made their way, as they were cleared to go to find jobs, to find work. And so we were doing that. We played games. We just wanted to show them the love of Christ. Now one thing, we were not allowed to bring up uh, Jesus. We were allowed to say why we were there. Uh, but we were called then in this. We were not limited by what we speak. We showed the love of Christ. And I think it had a great impact on our team. I think it had a great impact there. And uh, and so we're just going to spend a little bit of time. And I've got some questions um, that I want to ask. But our goal, our hope, was that we would see, that we would look to Jesus and say, Jesus, we need to see. We need to see what you're up to in the world, in Croatia. We need to see who you're calling us to. We need to see ourselves through your eyes. And we were there to do some of that. So one thing I, I know that each of us are carrying somebody that we saw there. And so I, I wanna I wanna just go down and we'll start with Joyce Beebe in the back there. Um, we have a microphone right there, Joyce, or we have that one, we can pass these around. I wanna I wanna know uh, a name. Who are you carrying with you because Jesus helped you to see them? What name? You don't have to tell a whole long story, but who are you holding? Who are you seeing?
1: Pastor, um, I couldn't leave uh, limited to just one name. Yeah, that's
0: okay. That's okay.
1: I have been hearing. Mm Basel, a man from Turkey. Yeah. And Farah and her 17-year-old daughter, Satara. Yeah. And Satara shared with me that she hadn't been able to be in school for two years. Wow. And so my prayer for these three people that I met. Yeah. Is that God will lead them to yes. the place he has for them yes. in the country where he wants them mm-hmm. to the people that will point, continue to point yes. them to Jesus.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Joyce, we'll just go on down.
2: Um, the same um, daughter, Taria and her mom and her uh, little brother Benjamin, I mm-hmm. thank God that they came and we were able to get to know them. Yes. my heart.
0: Good. Can we make sure that's on? D? Do does it sound like a... Is it a green light? No. No, it's okay.
3: Go ahead. Come on. Bob, go ahead. Who are um, you carrying? The person I'm thinking about is um, Mohammed from Afghanistan. Hmm. Um, while I was there, I just did a lot of the grunt labor, just picking up and helping yeah. out that way. And uh, every morning when we went out, he'd see me and he'd come help. Yeah. Yeah,
0: good, good.
4: Uh, for me, it's that one kid, I can't remember his name, but okay. that I was friends with that I built that bike for.
0: Yeah. Benamine? Benamine.
5: Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No. Like
4: the taller one that was about this one. Okay. okay.
0: All right. Wonderful. Jackson built bikes. Yes, Nicole. Hi.
6: Um, so I don't have this lady's name, but there was a lady on the bus that... Um, Katrina and I were looking at a map and uh, trying to figure out where we started and where we're ending up and how long of a bus ride that was. Um, And though she couldn't speak our language, she knew what we were doing and was adamant that she needed to help um, and got someone else who spoke English, recruited off the bus, and just as the community that came around to try to help us, um, it just taught me a lot, and it's something that I'm thankful for and, and reminded of that I need to be a little more helping to people around me. Yes.
7: So I'm um, same with Bob. Uh, Mohammed. He always came out and helped us right away, and he was always right there, yeah. helping us. Yeah.
4: Um, for me, it wasn't really one particular person. It was always a group of people who always came to help us with the artwork when we needed it. Yeah. Okay. Um. Mine was one of the little kids. His name was Huat. I think that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> he was always full of energy, and he was always helping the other kids, because like, we were trying to figure out their names, and we couldn't find like how to spell them and stuff, and he always helped with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, mine was uh, this little kid named Gazelle, and then um, Bobby. <laughs>
8: Um, there was one day that we were trying to teach them English to these two little boys, Melanie, Amir, and Amir Ali. And they, in turn, wanted to teach us their languages and then laugh at us because our pronunciation was so bad. And their little faces have just really stuck with me.
7: Uh, I carry Kazum with me. He was... A handful, but he was a lot of fun. He wanted to get his hands dirty and help out with the cleaning, yeah. but you had to watch out because he'd hit you with his bike. He was zooming everywhere. Yes.
9: Um, I try to narrow it down to one name, but I think it's just all the kids. Yeah. I had to lump them all in one because they're. Um, I'm a crybaby. <laughs> Their faces go through my head all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
5: Awesome. Uh, for me, was Katebo from Serbia and um, Cheyenne from The Hub. Good. Mm, okay.
8: uh, I was only there for like five days, but uh, I got to connect with uh, Dennis uh, from Sri Lanka. Uh, he was actually uh, part of the ministry that my friend was a part of right there where we were last summer. And so she was like, have you met him? Have you met him? And I was like, No. So he came the next day to come to our English club. And so it was good to just see him, meet him, get pictures with him. But he's connected now with the hub because of this ministry at Perrin. Uh,
10: For me, it was Muhammad was one that was uh, important to me and that that is on my mind and prayers. But also uh, um, Cheyenne and Donia. I know they are really high on my prayer list. They had requested uh, that they had decisions coming up to make and um, that they wanted prayer for that. And so they've been important.
11: So it's also Dennis from Sri Lanka. Um, he's a professional guy, educated, uh, but yet he had to flee from his country and his family uh, because of political uh, reasons. And uh, he is I don't know, kind of changed some of my thinking. Oh, one other thing I really liked about him. He's Hindu. You have to understand his background. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says Jesus is his favorite God.
12: (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, it's more the stories we heard. Danya says um, in in their ministry, let Christ find you.
1: Mm.
12: And she was a university student studying the Quran. And the assignment was to take something out of the Qur'an and compare it to other religions. And there is a chapter in the Qur'an named Maria. It is about the birth of Christ. And that caught her attention. And she went out and bought a Bible and studied everything she could about Christ. And she said, Christ found me Hmm. when I was in the Qur'an. Hmm. And she and her husband Cheyenne are now the pastors of the Nazarene Church. And um, that is yeah. kinda the, the stories of everybody of where Christ is finding them. Yeah. And um, Good. his story of Dennis, that was my second one. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, your God is my favorite because he loves people. Mm. And I just... Mm.
7: Yeah, yeah, wow, wow.
0: And these are people that we will carry with us. For me, it is Mohammed, uh, who just in talking with him, and Melanie's going to share a little bit more about her conversation with him in in, the, in just a little bit, but uh, really sensed his depression of just where he is and where he can't get to and, uh, and where he is. And just God has continually, every morning, brought his face uh, to my mind to pray for him and pray that uh, there would be people that would surround him so uh, for me as well i have a few questions here about seeing and uh and so we we uh some of you said you would answer these questions and so our our second question is what did jesus help you see about his larger body the church in croatia and matt you said you would you would uh feel comfortable answering that question so would you mind to, uh just say a few words about that yeah i thought it
7: was um it was pretty incredible with like eight to ten people that work at that church, and what a big impact it makes on that city. It's such a big city, and I thought that was pretty incredible.
0: Yes, yeah. You've you've heard some people mention the hub. Uh, That is the church. That's the name of the church. It's just simple. Uh, It's a place to gather. It's the center of a wheel, Uh, and so they are there and making a big, big impact. Mel, you said you would say something, too. Yeah, I
9: was going to add more to that. Um, Kind of what it taught me when I went out there is that... um, like, God's church is not in the walls.
6: Mm.
9: <laughs> and I know that Pastor Jeff has been talking about that for a while, but in, and we can hear it, but until you kind of experience that and are in that, like, it's hard to, like, understand. Yeah. And I think when we went out there, there wasn't walls. I mean, the hub's really small, and they actually took it outside of the church because they've overgrown that space. But even, um, I think he taught me, too, that our church needs to be on fire for him. Mm. Because we have people that we met who are so on fire for him because they are denied him in so many places that they can't help but be so thankful and blessed that they have that opportunity to to have that relationship with him. And so it just taught me, like, you got to be on fire for him because we take advantage of that being here because we're free to praise him and be with him at any time that sometimes our fire has died down. And so he's kind of taught me that the church needs to be more on fire and be out there, yeah. out of these walls, because he is leading people to him, but we've got to be those hands to bring them further. Yes. And um, I think that's just been a huge thing for me, It's yeah. just that we need to be on fire, because you can feel it. I felt yeah. it so much over there with Dania and Lial and all them, like, mm-hmm. just the fire they had for God mm-hmm. and the absolute love. Yes. And you just feel it, and yeah. we need to be like that.
0: Absolutely. Deidre, you said you would uh, share on this question. Uh, so
8: I'm an administrator and a love of the Church of Nazarene. And so to go overseas and see our church globally, like how it functions and uh, just who runs it. And that's just, I don't know, a passion of mine. It's really nerdy. But uh, it was uh, fascinating to meet the pastors and what they do. And my heart... Uh, Praise for them now every day because their work is so emotional and, uh, spiritual and it's, it's, it's some really deep stuff of roller coaster rides, which we have here, but it's very high and low. And so my heart has been praying for pastors. I love pastors. It's what I do in my role, but, uh, they, will always hold a place in my heart because of their work and what they're doing for the Church of the Nazarene,
0: yeah.
8: uh, but also in their communities. Yes,
0: good. Well, this next question gets a little more personal. Uh, what did Christ help you see about yourself in Croatia? What did Christ help you see about yourself in Croatia? Rod, you've got the mic. You said you would answer this question or be one of the ones.
10: Yeah, uh, I spent a lot of time with uh, a guy named Pete over there. Mm-hmm. And Pete and his wife and uh, uh, Rhonda and Carl were our retired uh, Nazarene people from the United States that have gone over there mm-hmm. and uh, giving out of their own funds to go over there and be a part and to help support the missionaries there, uh, Dave and Betsy. And uh, they do just anything. But in conversations with Pete uh, uh, quite a bit, he would share with me how important it was for us to uh, be there and how much encouragement we give them and the missionaries being there, the group being there. And it was really, uh, he shared quite a bit on that. But uh, sometimes you get to thinking that, am I valuable or am I important, am I doing anything, am I helping, am I part of that? And uh, he said, just being there, just being there and sharing with them is really supportive of of them. And and it showed me that even though we think we may be just taking a little and giving a little, God multiplies that and really gives support to the uh, missionaries and the, the people that are there. Good.
11: Good, thank you. Steve, you said you would answer this question as well. Sure. Um, so before we went, I prayed um, that God would reveal something to me during the uh, the working witness trip. And it's, it's probably kind of like praying for patience. Maybe that wasn't the smartest prayer in the world because <laughs> God's faithful and he will do it. And you don't always like what he shows you about yourself. And... Um, he dealt with me on um, stereotypes and uh, being judgmental. Mm-hmm. And um, he helped me realize, but by the grace of God, there am I. Uh, especially with Dennis. I, I could really identify with uh, similarities there between him and myself. And one of the things that Peyton, who was one of the interns that worked with us, told us is, none of these people chose to be refugees Hmm. Um, many of them were under uh, threats of death in their home countries yeah. um, or some type of persecution either you join our faction or we're going to kill you Right. Um, and one of the other things uh, that, that spoke to me and, and to my stereotypes I guess uh, we, we graciously purchased a dinner for the, the hub church the uh, Sunday night and so, uh, we gave them the money because they knew where to, uh, to get the best deals. They went out and they bought all this food and they brought it in and they laid it out and we prayed and as, you know, Americans, we kind of stood back and said, you know, kind of, yeah, go ahead. It was all gone. Yeah. I mean, it just disappeared. But God told me, hey, hey, you know, you eat fine all the time you know this may be the best meal these guys get all week and yep. and they need to store up and uh it, it, i i i need to carry that over to the rest of my life as, as well good good steve uh
0: nicole you said you would uh you would uh answer this question
6: well god taught me that um i myself really like ice in my drinks <laughs> cuz they were very stingy with her ice, maybe two cubes, maybe no cubes, maybe no refills on your water. It was horrible. But, uh, so that was one thing that I absolutely indulged in when I got home. Um, but aside of that, um, one of the things that God really brought out from me is, and, and has been continuing to do in me since then, is uh, just being thankful. Um, things don't always go as planned. Um you might have to walk a little further than you thought. You might have the tram break down and have to walk even further than you thought. Um, that, it was really, really hot. And, and, um, but at the end of the day, even the first day after you know traveling all day and hiccups here and there and maybe things not going the way that I planned, they were the way that God planned. And finding the blessings even in the things that maybe didn't turn out the way that I thought they would, being able to point out, hey, blessing number one, blessing number two, blessing number three. And uh, one of the ladies that was praying for me had, uh, while we were gone, had given me a book to write down. And, and that was the first thing I did is, you know, this happened, Ugh. blessing number one, and was able to write out and point out the blessings. And even now going through some of the stuff we're going through here at home, being able to find those blessings in every single situation. That's what God taught me about me.
0: Amen. Amen. We were fortunate to have uh, three teenagers, actually four teenagers. Well Jackson's in the youth group now as well. But uh, Kylie, you said you would, uh, God taught you something about you while you were there.
4: Yeah. Um, when we were there, we kind of realized that it's like they have, like, we take things for granted a lot. And I kind of realized that I personally take things for granted a lot. Like, we have so much and we get so much, but yet we still think that it's not enough. Um, but I kind of realized over here that sometimes they don't even get the things that they need. So, um, yeah, it kind of showed me that I need to start being more grateful for things instead of wanting more.
0: Wow, wow, good. Bob, you said you would uh, answer this one as well. Uh, God really did a lot to help us see ourselves. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, um, as I was thinking about it, um, when we first got there, the job was, there's a courtyard in the back. And uh, uh, in the middle had a nice fountain, and it was grass with some benches, and that was all overgrown. And along the sides, around the, the edges, kind of in a horseshoe shape, there was a um, sidewalk, and it was just covered with garbage, right? And um, people obviously littering all just... And, to look at it I almost got sick but so uh, as a group we went in there and we worked at it and we got it we got it clean I mean it was a beautiful cobblestone sidewalk and you could see the fountain and uh, and the um, and uh, they did a nice job trimming bushes and everything it looked really nice and so that was the first day near the end of the week uh, it started to get bad again and I started in my me personally, I was like, kind of like, why do we do this? I mean, they just went ahead and they just messed it up again. And at that point, uh, I believe the the Spirit of God t- spoke to me and says, "Well, well Bob," he says, um, "as you sin and, and you mess up in your life and you ask for forgiveness, do I not wipe your slate clean?" Hmm. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, that's a pretty good point." And, and uh and then invariably, don't you go back and start screwing it up again, making a mess again? <laughs> Well, I suppose. And uh, and, uh, and God is always willing and ready, as we ask, to wipe our slate clean as many times as it takes. So Amen. the lesson I found in that was, um, you know, I need to have a better attitude. And if you serve, yeah. serve like Christ would. Amen. 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 Well, many I know there was many of
0: us who could share more, but we need to move on just a little bit. And so our next question is, what did Jesus help you see about evangelism through serving others. So we kind of couldn't go in and declare or break out our Bibles and do a Bible study. We couldn't even teach English from an English Bible. But we could go and we could serve in Christ's name. So what did God help you see about evangelism through serving others? And Joyce, you said you would like to answer that question.
1: Okay. Um, Like Pastor said, um, we couldn't um, talk about Jesus. And so that's what you think about when you think about evangelism. And um, we went out to the refugee housing area and set up the English camp. And it seemed like um, the Holy Spirit came in just small acts of kindness, um, maybe a big smile. And um, offering them a notebook so they could write down words that they were learning. Um, and they just seem like such little things. But I think that the Holy Spirit helped us do it with genuine love. Yeah. And Wednesday night when we were at church service and we were listening to um, the pastor share their testimony, I got to thinking about Jesus. These are little seeds that we're planting here. Where will the harvest come? And as he spoke to me, he reminded me of John 4.36 where Jesus says, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And in God's word, Jesus says that his Father is always at his work. And his work is to bring in the harvest. And through these small acts of kindness, we were able to see by the end of five days, hugs being given and words, I love you, being shared. And those are just seeds. But God, like has already been said, will multiply those seeds. And he is faithful to bring in the harvest.
0: Joyce, the other Joyce, also said uh, she would share on this one. Yeah.
2: That's the problem when you have two Joyses. That's right. <laughs> I realize that evangelism, <clears throat> it's a big word, and a lot of times we associate it with just going and preaching and bringing people to Christ to a decision. But when we went to Croatia, <clears throat> it was more about relationship and you can't tell G- people about Jesus unless you form a bond and it was really cool to sit with them to do crafts with them to talk with them and you can just see the vulnerability of of them as they they trusted you because you were there sitting right same level with them we weren't we were on the ground with them and i i found that some of the ladies would just share with me the things that they had been through, the difficult, difficult journey that they went through. And my heart went out to them, not in a way that I have so much more than you, but it was more like you're my sister, you're my my friend. And through those avenues, I believe God uses that then to break down the walls and to find commonality where we can tell them about what our hope is and what our joy is. And, and Joyce is right. There were hugs and, you know, we're going to miss you and we love you. And my heart just um, felt that, you know, God loves them just as much as he loves me. And the church will be the handshake to um, lead them to Christ.
0: Yeah. One thing, and you've, uh, you've seen it up here uh, come, come through on the slides, is uh, it was so fun to see my 11-year-old son find a place to serve Christ through something. So, Jackson, can you just say a little bit about what you did while you were there?
4: Well, as it says on the screen, (laughs) it is dirty work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I built two bikes, four, actually, that work, Mm -hmm. that people will be able to use. And I'm glad I did that.
2: Yeah,
0: awesome lots of parts all around and exactly. you know those kinds of things and Jackson got them and had a few tools and put them together and kids were riding them and doing that so wonderful i was I, I wanted to say as a as a dad i would just was, i just my heart was like eight sizes bigger so it was so good um, dave you said you wanted to say just something about about serving as evangelism
5: yeah so um as we were doing cleanup and things there at Pauline, um, there were several of the residents that would come up and say thank you. Um, you know, even though they weren't always taking care of it themselves, just that somebody else came in and cared enough about them to do it. Um, and then the other thing that uh, got me was that um, Cheyenne and Donya, you know, they didn't uh, plan to end up where they were. Right, uh, but through needing to leave Iran for their own safety. And here's a couple that ended up going through all the same trials that the refugees that are there right now are going through. And just seeing how God is using them to help all these people. Uh, they're able to speak their language. They're able to, you know, help them through the process because they had to go through the process themselves. And then just to see how God is using them at the hub and helping to grow that ministry. Um, And just being there and seeing uh, Carl and Rhonda there and, you know, realizing that, you know, being a ministry, you don't have to do it all of your life, Mm -hmm. Right. You can do short-term. So um, God really set it on my heart that at some point in my life that uh, I may be doing some kind of short-term Good. ministries like that. But, um, you know, it's just um, great to be able to see how God is using people in different areas. You know, that used a couple college kids yep. to be there for a couple months. Um, And just amazing that just being, uh, allowing yourself to be used, how God can uh, nourish that and um, give reward in the fact that you're seeing people coming to Christ through what you're doing. Good,
0: good. Thanks, Dave. Last question, uh, because really, church, I want... This to be an example for us that hopefully you will hear something that says, I want to be a part of a work and witness trip. I'm going to tell you about uh, one in just a second. But uh, so I wanted to ask the last question. What would you say to someone who asks you if they should go on a work and witness trip? Chris, you said you would be willing to answer uh, that question. What would you say to someone?
7: Um, I would say absolutely. I was always a skeptical of short term missions. Mm-hmm. I never understood why you would raise money to ship yourself over there to do something when you could just ship the money over. Mm-hmm. But once you get your hands dirty, once you start speaking to these people and learning what their lives are like and everything they've gone through, it completely changed wow. how I look at missions and how important it really is to get boots on the ground and to be able to talk to these people you really couldn't talk to them about God. Yeah. But just getting to know their stories and to know that there is somebody there trying to make their life a little more normal. Yes. And them having a picnic day and just having a fun day just to give that little bit of taste of normal. And that completely changed my look on
0: missions. Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you, Chris. Chloe, you said you would share. What would you say to someone?
2: Um. Shall I go? It's fun.
0: You should go. It's fun. Yes. <laughs> Short, sweet, to the point. Carson, you said you would say something as well.
4: Um, it's honestly a really amazing experience. I a year ago today, I wouldn't think that I would go across the country to go and help people, but I did. And not only to help the people over there, but also to really get to know everybody here. Like... I am not a very talkative person. I don't. I'm not out there, but I really, really got to know everybody here, and it's awesome. <laughs> Good.
0: Yes, it didn't just build uh, the the relationships that way, but this group bonded, and it was great. We enjoyed our time together, and I missed you while you guys were gone. <laughs> uh, it was it was it was great. Well, thank you all so much. I want to. Uh, before you go to... Well, you're just going to stay up there for just a, a little while. Melanie... Uh, I wanted Melanie because Melanie did have an opportunity where someone asked her why she was there and why God would bring her there. And she was able to talk to Muhammad, wasn't it? And um,
9: Muhammad was there. Was there. It, uh, okay. it was a separate... And I, I feel really bad because I can't remember his name. Um, it was a separate guy who was there. We were teaching... I'll try to make it short, but I feel like the background is there. Um, So this is when Laurie and I were teaching the two young boys Mm -hmm. animals in English, and then they were teaching us, and they were getting a kick out of it. But there was three younger gentlemen who were standing off to the distance, didn't join any of the English classes, but they were standing by the tree, and they were kept listening in. And then they would come in and correct the little kids, saying, nope, that's not how you say it in Arabic or Farsi, and then they would start teaching us. And so that was like our gateway into them wanting to come with us, or – with me because then Lori went and taught something else with them and then I was not stuck but they rotated and these three gentlemen sat at my group and we just had a conversation Muhammad was there and I was talking with him for a little bit and got the same feeling that Pastor Jeff did that he was in a a dark place at that moment but this other guy comes up because he had roamed around came back he goes okay let's sit down let's have some real conversation and I'm like I'm looking for Pastor Jeff I'm like oh gosh I need Pastor Jeff (laughs) because he goes You're teaching all this, but we need to talk about religion. And I'm like, oh, no, because I don't feel like I'm qualified to do that, but I think God uses us where we need to be used, you know. So he started talking about everything, and it's so important to talk about this and know where you're going when you die. And he's asking me all my views on things, and I'm praying in my head, please, Lord, give me the right answers to tell him without scaring him off or saying the wrong thing. It went well. And then he's like, all right, I'm done with your time. I'm going to ask you one last question like okay and he's like why are you here and that is a super loaded question for me because my struggle leaving and going on the mission trip is like i didn't want to go there and only be viewed as this person sweeping in and ooh look at me i'm helping all of you and then sweep out you know so i didn't want them to have that vision of me so i'm like oh gosh i i don't like why am i here like i really had to dig and and so I said, well, that's a good question. He goes, yep, but you need to answer it. I'm like, okay. And I said, you know, I want you guys, I want, if I can come and, and show you guys that I love you and I don't even know you. Um, and luckily we'd had this religion conversation already. I said, that's what that's what Jesus asked me to do, mm-hmm. is to, to love you. And I said, and, you know, it's all happened all over the world, and we, I wanted, I want I came because I wanted you guys to know that sometimes you may feel forgotten and that you're not seen, but I want you to know that we see you Um, and that we love you. And, you know, if we can come and make you feel good in any kind of way or you've taught me so much just being here, I said, that's why I'm here. I just want you to know that we see you because they feel forgotten sometimes and lost.
6: Yeah. Wow.
9: Yeah. He didn't say much. He just kind of nodded. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm hoping he was happy with the answer. <laughs> um, I invited him to come back in the afternoon, and um, he did not come back. They they have certain uh, schedules where they only have certain days to do laundry and all that kind of stuff. So we sometimes we'd see him, and then other the next days and few's we wouldn't. But he was around. Yeah. But he was seeking like crazy. Yeah. He was Muslim. And you could tell that he was searching for answers so much. Yes. So, like, he's heavily on my prayers that he finds the right answer of what he's, right. what he's seeking right. for and the right people are, are put in place for him. So.
0: To be able to say, we see you, and to say that our God sees you, and he has sent us to just say, we see you, and we're going to remember you, we're going to carry you. And, and so that you know, it's not just that we, we said we see you and now we're gone. But we were able, uh, Donya and Cheyenne are there and so we are able to connect them with the church there. Who will continue to see them and minister to them and help them. This is what we are called to. And so my question for us, I think what we have to wrestle with is the question that Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus. What do you want? What do we want? And is our answer, has something that this group has said they saw about themselves or about the church or about the larger church or about refugees or those kinds of things, are we willing to be healed of our blindness? Are we willing to say to Jesus, Rabbi, teach me, I want to see. Because when Jesus opens our eyes and and what the missionary there, Betsy, encouraged us on our last day there is don't go home and be blind again. Ask Jesus to show you where there are marginalized people, where there are refugees, where there are people who need to be seen, that you go and you see them in your place, in Portage, in Kalamazoo, in your state, in your home. Are we willing to do that? I want you to know that on our way back, there's an incredible story that all of a sudden Deidre is checking voicemail and finds out, as we're coming back from working with refugees, that Bethany Christian Services was calling because they have refugee families right here in our area, and we're wondering if we would help a family. And so they are here today. If you are even nominally thinking, "I I need to pray that prayer, I need to ask Jesus to help me see then I want, I want you to know they are here to answer questions. They're going to be doing a little bit of a training right after this. And you may not have planned for this, and you may think I've got a roast beef in the oven back home. It might be better to let that thing overcook and let Jesus heal you and let make you see what's going on right here. Or maybe something, uh, God, uh, something that was said today is opening your eyes that you need to go on an international missions trip. We want you to know that this isn't just a one and done. We are going to become a church that sends people out to see and to declare that we see and come back and encourage us. Are you willing to be a part of that? I hope you are. I want to wrap up by just letting you know what I saw. And one day we were walking around and Pete wanted me to see all that was happening. And so we walked around this giant old hotel that's a refugee center. And as I walked around from the cafeteria area, I saw a bunch of our people working with clippers and hedge trimmers. And and they were working alongside refugees who were so fascinated with the weed whackers and all those kinds of things. And I saw them working. Then we went around the entrance and I saw people just talking with people. They We barely knew each other, but we were talking. We were trying to speak in their language. They were trying to speak in our language. I walked around I saw these four camps set up where kids were learning and things were happening. And Joe was being grabbed by 18 different kids and wrestled to the ground and forced to play soccer. And, and, and to see this, and I want you to know that it was there that I saw the church. I saw the body of Christ in your smiles, in the ways you worked, in the ways you went. And it got me thinking about all the things that you all helped to do to send this group. Did you know that uh, all the shoe bags are gone? And we raised $1, $1,017.60 uh, $1, just by bringing in shoes. They sent that to us. Over 2,000 pounds of shoes you sent out to help this group get there. You, you participated in barbecue. Matt cooked barbecue till he couldn't even think of barbecue anymore. <laughs> and you sold. This is the church. I want you to know that what we were able to do while we were there in giving, because your team was very frugal with lunch and breakfast. We were able to leave 6000 American dollars with the ministry of the hub there. We were able to just give that to them. We bought them yes. It's exciting. On top of that, on top of that we were able to buy them translation equipment. Before we were able to get that to them, somebody would say something in English or what one of the other three languages that are spoken there and you would say like God said And then you'd have to wait for three other languages to translate God said in their languages. Now they'll be able to hear and and have that translated more quickly. So that's going to help their services. We were able to participate with that. You were able to participate with that. And we were able, even though we left $6,000 there, we were able to have around $5,000 left over. And that is going to become seed money for our next trip. I know, yes, that's uh, so exciting. I know it was our goal to send an international missions trip. That was one of our ten-four vision. I think God wants to double that for us. I think before we get to 2021, we'll send another trip. Are you willing to see? Are you willing to pray, Jesus, help me to see? And are you willing to go? I hope the answer is yes. So you need to be checking your bulletin more often to find out uh, when and where in the world God will send us. Well, let's, uh, let's pray. Would you just stand right where you are and I'll have you guys stand as well. This is a day for celebration. And I know we've gone a little long, so if you've got kids back there, go get them as soon as I say amen, alright? But our God... Longs for us to see the people he sees. Amen. Melanie, you didn't need me, did you? Because what we talked about before we left was the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. You were a pastor to them. We are called. You may not be comfortable with speaking. You can serve. You can show the love of Christ to your neighbor. That's why part of our ten-four vision is we want every other month to do some kind of community service project. We're going to have one coming up in a few, in a, uh, not this month, but next month. You need to be ready. That's how we go. We are the body of Christ. We are called to be His hands and feet. We are called to see with His eyes. And we are called to go and love in His name. I think, I think that's a good prayer. Let's just say, God, make that so in us. Would you say that? God... Make that so in us. Go in His name. God bless you as you go. Thank you for being here. Amen. Go in His name.